Serial Sounds. episode this is free Theo's in australia somewhere i don't know what he's doing uh, <laughs> but uh we're back with a new episode we're chatting with our friend ariel roman and um yeah yeah playing jams your name my name is ariel roman cool and i was gonna say what do you do i'm like no we don't need to do that uh (laughs) what are you up to like at the moment what's what's your week been like um at the moment i am i'm actually winding down um a bunch of projects um because i do freelance art direction and illustration um and i'm getting ready to start a full-time job Next well, week. Full-time job. No more freelance. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so this is... So now you definitely can't live in is... L.A. anymore. You're not doing freelance. You gotta get out of here. <laughs> gotta go to Pasadena with that. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Locking you out of Flint Ridge. Here I come. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is like a transition week for me. Cool. Yeah. You know, wrapping up some... A couple like branding projects I've been working on. Um, just like little things here and there. Doing my laundry. <laughs> very so it's, important. It's both been like very busy and also not. Um, been trying to squeeze in a couple unnecessary midday like lunches and coffees because I'm not going to be doing that yeah, anymore. Yeah, those are over. <laughs> I'm finishing work early today because I'm going to drive out to Irwindale. Nice. To Speedway. Nice. To watch drag racing. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> they do drag racing on Thursday nights. Is that thing that you do? That is that the, is that a thing that you do often? Is like see drag racing and. No, I actually haven't ever gone to a l- legal yeah. drag race, um, but I like it's. I didn't grow up going to Irwindale, but I knew about it. Um, and since my husband and I have moved back to LA, we've gone just to see like, they do like a demolition derby. Um, It's an old speedway and it's, I think it's like the, I don't want to be, I don't want to say anything incorrect, but I think it's like one of the last ones, if not the last one in the greater Los Angeles, like in Los Angeles County. 
if it's in if it's not in San Bernardino County. That's cool. Yeah. I've never so. even thought to do something like that. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> I just feel like that only happens in like Texas. Like <laughs> No, no, no. There's like um hey. What's poppin'? <laughs> um there's like a racetrack up in Bakersfield that we go to. There's one out near like Palmdale that we go to. And then Irwindale's in right here. Irwindale is where is that exactly, by the way? Like what? it's I wanna say it's like right next to Pomona. Okay. So just north of this I don't know. I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna make anybody mad. People get really <laughs> sensitive like, about these that things. Was inaccurate. Like, that's not where you where it is. Um, but it's definitely right near Pomona. Okay. In my, in the map in my brain. Serial sounds. GZ, turn it Wayne, Dog on the drought, drought, baby. Mm-hmm. Get it's your bags, man. Yeah. We're skating, man. That's okay. right. I need no bags, my bitch got clothes. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm traveling through people. That's all. I've been so many places. Yes, I so have. So many goddamn places, man. Down here, down and up. Yeah. All the way to the East Coast. All the way to the West Side. Up North Hollow. class department seat back screwdriver out the glass i'm gulping leaving the gulfing headed to the west side lax kelly six feet of best ride so they say so i go so the sea flew my six four with me sunset notice me what up holla at great street hit the hood up then run out the alley and i breeze through the valley by this breezy in the valley new 50 on the lakers then i made the 50 back next day i was in vegas just falling up the strip me and some legal prostitution stop hating on the pimp Young Wayne Newton, so go to Oakland where I mostly be smoking. Got a bitch in San Francisco, but she mostly be looking. So tomorrow I'm East Coast, and yes I am. Maybe just be there when I land. So many places. Uh, we just traveling, be. That's all. Got a big week next week. Do you have a big week? <laughs> <laughs> just jump right into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. We were just talking about winding down some freelance work. Yeah. Getting my last few like. Is that is that difficult? I mean, it's it technically shouldn't be because projects are supposed to end. But I always feel like at the end of projects, you know, people ask for like. Oh, can you just like throw in this little Absolutely. thing? Yeah, can make this get, thing, and you're like, and you're like, fine, 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 fine. Yes, yeah. okay, I'll do that too. Yeah. I want this to look really good. So I'm trying to just kind of like get everything done because I like want to send off the final files and like, yeah, close this chapter, see stuff get made and put out into the world. Absolutely. Because that's kind of the goal, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You got to make it. You birth it. You let it grow. Yeah. Let it do its thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully also teach people how to use the things that you're Absolutely. making for them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so important. Education is so necessary in those components, too. Yes. You want to use it so it's right, you know, so it's, so it's efficient. Yeah. I think I wanted to ask, uh, what is your definition of art director? Oh, jeez. What, what is your personal... I think for what I have been, for what I have been doing personally, because there's so like art director exists in so many, so many parts of the creative industry, and it really is a different role depending on kind of like what your focus is. I'm sure people could argue against that, but um, I feel like for what I've been doing, it's um, kind of like almost like quality control for the look and feel of a project 
So whether that is extending how photographs are used or how artwork is placed or how, um, how like the final print is going to look on something. Um, I feel like the work that I do as an art director is really important in kind of like walking the work to that final stage where like, this is the goal. This is this look and feel is like the end goal. I might not have come up with it as you know, like I work in conjunction with like a creative director. A lot of times I function as a designer, um, but it's the ability to kind of like take the idea, break it down into parts that are um, like creatively, they're like creative action steps to kind of get to the desired final goal. That's a good answer. I love, th there's so many different, there's so many different answers <laughs> oh, for it, I feel like. Now I want to know. Squirming. Now I want to know. Uh, what is the difference between, in your personal opinion, what is the difference between a creative director and an art director? Um, I really see creative directors as creative upper level manager, like like upper level managers. They're the people, they're not necessarily the ones that like pluck these genius ideas out of the ether, you know? Um, as I think in some cases people like to describe creative directors as like, they just like come up with these ideas. Um, I do think that they're the people that are overseeing the entire project. They're the ones that they, they might hold kind of like the strongest and final opinion on something, um, but they still are working in conjunction with all these other facets of their creative team to see this vision from beginning to end, yeah. to walk their client from beginning to end so depending on the size of the project depending on the size of the team the creative director is either doing like all of it or really is just kind of like coming in and touching like having these like touch points throughout a project to make sure that it's like that the the voice is there that it's strong that it's clear yeah. that they have like a very strong understanding of either what the project is for themselves or what the deliverables are for the client um and so they're kind of they're like the coach yeah it's cool like, it almost it almost sounds like a music producer in a way but it's like you could be as hands-on as like a pharrell where it's like i'm touching the whole entire thing and i'm probably writing the song mm -hmm. or you could be like a rick rubin where i'd step in and say oh try it like this try it like that yeah. Okay. It's done. Um, it's done. Stop there. Or you're Rick Rubin after spending like years meditating on a hillside. <laughs> yeah. Then you come in with the clair the mental clarity to be like, just like, stop oh, right there. This is all you need. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> just saying in such a yeah. soothing voice where it's like, you know what? I'm going to trust this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a lot of people say about creative directors. I'm going to trust this guy. Shrug. I believe. <laughs> what, what do you think the difference is, Theo, between uh, art direction and creative direction? Answer now. I mean, I feel, I feel like, I feel like Ariel, you had such a honestly incredible response to that too. You know, because I feel like everyone, whether you work in a job, whether you work as a creative director, as an art director, regardless, I feel like sometimes everyone, it's so vague that even you're like, um, this is how I feel like it may be, you know? And I think that also just speaks to the job too. And it also speaks to the work and also your contributions to the work too. Yeah, know? for sure. Because yeah. certainly when you're working on a creative team, the idea is that everybody has a perspective. They have an opinion. They're bringing that to the table. And, you know, what I said before about like the, whatever the call is for the project or for your, you know, whether it be personal or client based, mm -hmm. like the, these titles don't always, they're very, they can be very fluid, but I feel like they become a lot more rigid when you go into a place like a creative agency Absolutely. or when you have a studio and people need to be put in place to kind of like guide a project absolutely, like from beginning to end. Yeah. So yeah, like there are certainly times where I've worked with people who are called creative directors, but they're not giving me any sort of creative direction. They're telling me to like replicate somebody else's work. Mm -hmm. And I yep. have to sit there and be like, Ugh. nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big respect. No. Nope. You thought she was going to say that. 
Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. thank you for this, vi- like for this reference. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this into my studio and I'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not do this. <laughs> Give you something else. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know like, yeah, team. like, yeah, people call themselves, people get called creative directors. People call themselves creative directors. I think when you are in the business of making things, you understand that like, yeah, you have to step up and really clarify, solidify an opinion, a scope, a lens. And sometimes you just kind of like sit back and you get to touch all the photos and make stuff look a certain way and then pass it on to somebody else who's gonna like place those things. Real teamwork. Mm -hmm. Teamwork, teamwork. Shout out, Matt. Make sure you go get the last party. Stop me. 
talk about your experience in like the bay no no we didn't oh, okay so when i walked in you guys were talking about like you're specific about areas you're like i don't want to we i feel like that's we such were a talking ba- about traffic oh, okay because yeah. <laughs> i feel like that's such no, a just- i feel like it's such a thing with the bay where it's like i don't necessarily want to i don't want to say the wrong thing as regards to like where i live i'll let her grab her Sorry. don't worry about it it's okay when like when it comes to the bay i never i think there's always like an underlying fear of like Oh, you know, like, what were like? Are you from the Bay? Like, how long have you been in the Bay? Like, what have you done? You know, yeah. I love that sense of uh, it's so tight knit, it's so real. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you ain't for the Bay, right? I, I like, what, oh, you from the Bay? Where'd you live? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't hear that too often in. Oh, many you lived cities. in Berkeley? Mm, cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so cool. You know, it's like you just you just breezing through. Like, did you live here or not? I introduced. A friend who was, I think, going to a school there. Yeah. Uh, I introduced a friend who was from the Bay to a person who I thought lived in the Bay, mm-hmm. but they went to school. There. And I was like, yo, yo, he's from the Bay. He's like, where you live? Oh. He's like, oh, well, I, I just went to school. He's like, oh, okay, well, you, well, you're not from the Bay then. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is awkward. <laughs> I know. That's like something that I feel like when you've spent a fair amount of time in the Bay Area, yep. like whether, like I do don't really have a lot of respect for like the newer population that's living sure. there. Sorry, Silicon Valley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that you hopefully gain an air of like respect for, for sure. like where people come from, yeah. how the lay of the land works. And like, you're certainly not going to say that you come from certain areas when you really don't. Cause yeah, it's, absolutely. it's a lot, it's the Bay area. When you say the Bay area, it's a lot of places but people like rep their, sure. they rep their set real hard. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, <laughs> what do you think that is? What it? What is yeah, it? Yeah, like what do you think that comes from? I don't know. I feel like there's there's a lot of really tight knit communities. There's a lot of people that migrated and immigrated to the Bay Area throughout the 20th century under like very like a pretty diverse set of circumstances yeah you know so no for sure and i i think a lot of that formulated the neighborhoods a lot of that formulated the small towns or the actual cities or kind of like where when and how labor exists in and around the bay and Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of that has to do with how people take ownership and also like there's a lot of ways that I think when people are like really, when they like hold their communities really close, a lot of that either has to do with um, like ownership of their communities. And I think that there is a lot of neglect to various communities at different times throughout the Bay Area that like really, it's like, you know, this is people are like me and my family, my neighborhood, this block, like this is, this is ours. This is what we got. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. Um, I think I don't know. No, no. I, I mean, nobody I think, from the Bay no, I think it, I think and they're it. like, "This is bullshit." Because <laughs> I respect. Yeah. <laughs> like. No, I think I, it comes from a genuine place. I think it just speaks to community too, and nurturing that. Yeah. Make sure. Like the community up there, my friends who are from the Bay, are fucking incredible people. They. I don't know. Again, I don't want to generalize, but like, I feel like people don't put up with bullshit. Like they like to have fun, but they also want to make sure that people are taken care of. Um, And coming from like a big blob of an urban space, I think that you don't see that too large outside of families in a place like Los Angeles. But when I moved to the Bay, I was like, oh shit, like this neighborhood is a family. That's tight. So. uh, So what was your upbringing Um, I had a pretty tight upbringing. Um, I really, I've always been, I was always really close with my parents. Um, my mom and dad are both from LA. All my family is here. Um, we would hang out 
all of us together a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still do. Everybody, get, like, people still get together on the weekends, um, make dinner. If there's a pool, you go hang out in the pool. Like, if... I love a good dinner. I love a good pool. We like to eat, yeah. and we like to float. Yeah, yeah, we go. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but my... Um, I don't know, my parents, like, when I was, I always say, like, when my parents, when I was younger, um, it was a very particular, it was a particular period of my parents' lives. I'm the eldest, I have a younger sister, um, but when I was young, my parents were still living their creative lives, so my mom was, like, a modern dancer and a choreographer, she also worked at the Ivy, and did like a million other things. Um, my dad is a musician um, and he was still playing with one of his bands or maybe two of the bands. And he also worked for the band Rat when I was born. Um, so like some of my earliest memories, aside from being in various family members' homes, are like I had a stool that I had to sit on in the kitchen of the Ivy and I could not like make a bunch of noise because my mom was working. I just like sat there in the kitchen and watched the chefs cook and they would like joke around with me or like my dad would take me to work and I would be sitting in a recording studio or in a practice space with like sound ending headphones on and they'd let me like bang on some drums in between takes. Um, and again, like I had an aunt in the like North Hollywood who used to make like puff paint shirts and like she would stick me in the back of her shop. I remember having a huge cardboard box and I would just sit in there and draw. Like, I just got passed around between family members. And these really immersive environments, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing was really off limits. Like, I was always included, but I always, I just have this memory of, like, having to kind of, like, sit, observe. If you know you're not supposed to do something, like, don't fucking do it. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, we would, there was, like, a ton of music in my household growing up. There was a lot of dance. Um, spent a lot of time outside. Um, we moved around a lot. Like when I was born, my parents lived behind Canner's Deli, and then we moved to North Hollywood. I, I yeah, I, it was literally like I say that, but like I don't remember. I was barely a conscious being. Um, and then we moved to North Hollywood, and I remember that a little bit. And then we moved to like Encino and Tarzana. So this is more like San Fernando Valley. Um, and then by the time I was in like middle school, we moved up to Thousand Oaks. Um, but even though we were living like farther and farther north, there was always stuff that my parents would bring us back into LA for. I had a lot of like doctors that were still in LA or we'd come and see, we'd eat a lot in Los Angeles. Um, certainly seeing like a lot of theater, a lot of music. Um, yeah. Sounds like a fun upbringing. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. Definitely, like, appreciate did the you, family. Did you know that you wanted to be an artist? I mean, I'm considering you one. I don't know if you've taken that title on. But <laughs> I'm still considering well, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, like, um, even... I don't think that it was... I just thought create like doing creative things was what everybody did yeah yeah you know like my mom took me to like experimental movement pieces when i was young like not everybody is sitting around watching you know like martha graham when you're little um my dad would we would go on we like the sierra club used to host these like hikes and so like he would on the weekends would take me on hikes up in the Santa Monica mountains and we'd like take sketchbooks and like draw. So it was like all of this stuff. Yeah. I was like super, super fortunate to come from a family where like a, I had parents who were creative and like B it was like a generational thing. Like my dad's family for generations have all been musicians, teachers, musicians and teachers. Um, and like, my mom's family, I think, like her older brother went to Otis, and it's always it's it's been that the kind of like incorporation of creativity in my mom's family has always been something that like I want to know more about because 
they're first generation Mexican Americans or second generation. And, um, and that's not really like, you know, the idea of like being creative is kind of something that you're a lot of times allowed to do because of class. It's not something there's kind of like traditional folk, um, forms of expression that I think people carry in their families and they wouldn't necessarily call that art or they wouldn't necessarily call it a practice um, because it's not coming from like an institutional practice or it's not something that's like recognized. Yeah, it's just really, it's just really Yeah, and so my mom went to UCLA and she studied choreography. Like, I don't, it, I don't think that there were very many women in her position like of her sure. like generational sure. attachment that would do stuff like that um and like same thing with my uncle he went and had to like do his service for vietnam and came back and went to otis and made minimal sculptures at otis that didn't necessarily do that throughout his career but still even stepping into that is incredible yeah and i I think that like my when my sister was born my parents made a lot of changes in their lives um and like my dad became a full-time teacher my mom was able to basically like stay at home and raise be there for be like a super present force for my sister and I because she didn't have that growing up and that was a decision that she made um whether or not that was like the best thing or like whether or not it was like a financial decision was whatever she was like I was raised by like I raised myself both my parents were working my siblings were older nobody was around like I want to be present for my children I'm gonna get you. 
idea of like where creativity comes from or like what you do as a career creatively um wasn't ever anything I like second guess because it was so much a part right, of my life it, yeah. yeah and I guess I was I was about to say like I saw my I saw this shift in my parents lives when they were like oh shit now we have two kids oh shit now we gotta like gotta yeah like we gotta get it together yeah. <laughs> we don't want to keep moving around we want to buy a house we want insurance like I so, saw the decisions they made and I think when I started applying to art schools my parents were like guess what you're gonna have to work really hard yeah whether it's financially really hard or psychologically really hard Absolutely. it's gonna be really hard for you to be a working artist and in my head i was i remember them like i remember that conversation at the dinner table that's an important conversation kind of being like fuck that i'm gonna do this yeah for sure. I mean, I think it's super refreshing, especially uh, being first or second generation in that situation that, to hear those words. That's a strong amount of encouragement. But it's also refreshing and objective, too, because it's like, yo, yes, art is really good. Sometimes people see the top of the mountain, but like this is yeah. also an incredible struggle. Not that you're going to be out in the streets. That's really all dependent on, you know, one's lifestyle. But psychologically, like creatively though financially these are challenges you know mm -hmm. and it's up to you to really see how you can break that that's it's also very empowering you know yeah i don't think that i understood i didn't really understand it fully when i was 17 yeah but it was something that has like literally stuck with me um so yeah i've had like this like meandering creative path um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who like they can, they're painters and that's what they do. They can't do anything else and they're going to keep painting until yeah. like they make it, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah. I've kind of, my eye has drifted to many places mm -hmm. and at some point it's kind of felt like I wasn't doing enough or like I wasn't going to be able to sustain myself or whatever kind of like creatively. There was a lot like, you know, going back to the point my parents brought up, like there is a lot of like psychological struggle as to like how you do this full time. Yeah. Because there's no real. No. Yeah. This is not a highway drive. You're definitely off roading it, you know? It's like, yeah. You got to figure it out. Yeah. But there's, there's such great beauty in it, obviously. But yeah, you got to you really just got to commit to figuring it out. Mm hmm. Um, Forever. What was, what was, yeah. <laughs> serious, serious, seriously. I think, you, I think you just, you just podcast done. We're done. And yes, forever. Because it's so true, you know, like for a long time, it's like you climb, you climb mountain, you're like, all right, cool. But in the back of my mind, personally, I've always knew like, oh, this is ongoing. This is, this is in perpetuity. This is happening forever. Yeah. You know, like. You don't get to the end of a thing and you're like well yeah we guess i'll retire i mean some people can do that yeah for sure props to them props to them shout out to them for sure this is real life yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hats um, off hats to those off who are about to like make it big with those ipos in silicon valley that is not me that's not <laughs> um could you tell me a little bit about the like your first opportunities maybe working in art like maybe brands you work for, people you're working with? Yeah. Like, um, like what's one of the earliest that you remember? I mean, my earliest opportunity 
working in art was in elementary school. My friend's dad owned a candy store Fire. in Encino, and he made us work in the back bagging candy so that we could like make pennies to buy our candy. And then my friend and I realized there was like a deli right next door. If we sat in front of the candy store and sold our drawings, that we could make even more money than working for her dad in the back of the store bagging stuff. Entrepreneur. So we would sit, we like set up this little table and we would sit in front of the candy store and sell our drawings to all these people who were waiting to get a table at this deli. And then we would go and buy all the candy and make ourselves sick. There we go. That's incredible. <laughs> that was my earliest. Um, but I think, I, st I mean, it's kind of weird because like I, I started working when I was 14 and when I was 14 I started like I had three jobs and I didn't really stop ever having more than yeah. three jobs at a time. Yes, um, so w when I got to college um, and I was given some like scholarships, my the work like work study, I got a work study scholarship and the highest paid position for work study was being a teacher. So I was like, let me get that job real quick. Um, and I think that being an art teacher isn't necessarily like a creative job when you look at what just like the actions For sure. of teaching require. Um, but it was something, I think that I, I ended up teaching for seven years and it was extremely transformative. And I think one of the reasons that it was really transformative was because at a certain point I realized I could bring the ideas that I was working with either from my college classes or from my studio practice and bring those ideas of like experimentation, sure. perspective, um, commentary, whatever it was, I could bring those into my classroom and have those conversations really freely and kind of like have these exciting exchanges with my high school students. So that was like a cre like a way that I made that job creative. Yeah, um, definitely future working. Yeah, and then I don't. Yeah, everything else has just kind of been like, how do I, how do I make this creative? Mm -hmm. Or this is an idea. Like I've, my husband. We've been together for like fourteen years. We've had a few job, like a few, or not a few jobs, a few like projects together one of them started when we were in college so we were like we had like a conceptual streetwear brand what was the name of it 21st century maroon colony <laughs> so i was kind of i was doing a lot of screen printing so i was like printing a lot of like hang tags or printing shirts or printing posters printing on fabric um and he was designing a lot of the stuff and then we were just kind of like putting together photo shoots putting together fashion shows and stuff like that. Um, but that wasn't necessarily, that was an idea that turned into a project that turned into air quotes job. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, I don't know, there's just like, I think everything. Gradual steps, yeah. Yeah, gradual, gradual steps. And then there was definitely a period when I lived in New York that I wasn't doing creative shit because I think it took me a while to just like adjust to living out there. Um, and I kind of had to like find myself a little bit. Yeah. But again, I was like working in retail. Somehow ended up doing a lot of merchandising and buying for a store. That's still like projecting my eye. That's still creative work. That's still like yeah. whatever. I think selling is really creative when you're selling clothes. Of course. Gotta get creative. Get people to buy yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> that looks great on you. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's like, and I'm being very creative because it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing? You could literally wear that with anything. Wow, it looks like you were born in that. Mm -hmm. You sure you haven't had that before? Wow, that is your color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's my favorite, for sure. That's your color. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is it? Thanks. I'd kill in retail. Have, wow. you, have you worked in retail? Uh... Wow. Yeah, like, that, my first few jobs, actually, like high school job was retail. Yeah. I worked at Stephen Barry's in this mall. So, and Stephen Barry's is like the Walmart of like college 
like university wear, like all that, uh, you know, University of uh, UCLA, just like, you know, those t-shirts and hoodies, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just dumb college kid clothes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they were opening like a massive store in this mall and they were just like trying to get anybody to work there. So I'm like, yeah. mm, I guess I'm 15. That's, I guess it's time. Yes. And uh, I applied for that and I got the job uh, and then I hated it. I thought it was like, oh yeah, I got a job. This is going to be sick. It was like just literally <laughs> just refolding stuff that people just oh, yeah. look at and it's like, no, hate it. And just throw on the ground somewhere. I'm Man. like, go refold that. You learned so much about a person watching them shop in a store. <laughs> yeah, a person's complete district. <laughs> A person's complete disregard for like, it's like, oh, so you never really had it. Like, <laughs> like look, you. talking to the salesperson, picking up shirt, dropping it over here and walking away. Like, that's, that's your friend. It's like, yo, get your, get your boy. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is shirt. No, hate it. Just, you even try it all. You just picked it up and put it back. It's like, what are you doing? I still like have, uh, I can't go into a store and like touch things without like spacing out the hangers just like i'm looking at stuff and just kind of like evenly just like adjusting stuff yeah Ugh. yeah i guess so how long were you in uh retail um i worked in two different stores when i was in living in new york so i think i was generally over the course of like four years Four years. Four years and change. Yeah. In and out of retail. Uh And after that, straight straight back into the. Yeah, but I still like I I've been working with in apparel. So like if you're going to design stuff, you have to sell it. And you're either going to like look to e-commerce or you're going to look for like a brick and mortar location. True. And doing art direction, a lot of people need help designing spaces, building out spaces, thinking about spaces, mm-hmm. figuring out how to like extend their brand into a space. So I feel like having worked in retail was super vital for the work that I'm doing yeah, now. It's just an extension of, um, yeah. Yeah. And just another tool that you probably needed. It's another tool. And also like working in the service industry makes you, in my opinion, a semi-decent person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or it makes you hate everyone. <laughs> or both. And it makes you hate everyone. <laughs> yeah, working in the service industry was, well, because I, I did retail and then I went into uh, uh, like bartending and like uh, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Intense. I really feel like, you know, not, I, I don't think that anything should be like absolutely mandatory, but I highly recommend that at least a couple of points in your lifetime, you should attempt to teach somebody something and you should work in the service industry. Yeah. I feel like that should be like some college level, like almost like some required like hours of service or something <laughs> per semester. It's like, it, we'll pay you for it, but it's required. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you learn so much about just like, just human psychology and just like all these little small things you just learn so much about through through working in the service yeah. industry and the people that don't know anything about the service industry just make it hell for the people that like need this to to get by it's like well totally. you're just here to get a meal like this is my livelihood like show some respect yeah but, like we are two people yeah interacting I'm a, I'm a together human. shut up get me my food <laughs> <laughs> like, do it faster <laughs> <laughs> like what? And and as the the bartender or waiter or whatever, it's like you gotta you have to take it because the customer's always right. But really, customers usually not right. No, <laughs> customers usually wrong. No, it's all psychology <laughs> on convincing somebody that they're right while yeah. you're trying to cover up for the wrong thing that they've requested. Yeah, it's like no, no, no. I mean, you're absolutely right, but it's like you're not right. Yeah, yeah. Be, people's like gotta start being honest. I feel like that's the new method for. Great customer service at a restaurant. Or People a bar being honest is like tell them. Good the luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my note to all you to everyone who works in the service industry. People being honest Try it is like, like that. the biggest predicament of the <laughs> just like you leave, you leave a tip for somebody that come back like, hey, I mean, I, thanks for trying, but this tip you're gonna have to double that, buddy. It's like, well, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> True. True. Add five to it. Yeah. <laughs> 
successful project I think for having been working with like I said like within apparel and kind of working on like designing graphics for people I think something that makes me feel proud is when um, people buy things yeah. you know like the end product for a project for me a lot of times it, or like the end result is a product, is something that needs to be sold. And when something is kind of like appreciated and purchased, I think that that's, that's like a fantastic end goal for me. Um, when it's also in turn something that I want to share with people, like that is a successful project because it means that A, the project has been completed. B, I've done something that like both me and the person I'm working with, my collaborator, my client, um, is also happy with the outcome and it's something that's like going out into the world and we want to share it. Even if it's done and it's out, like, yeah. does it always feel successful? Always. I think that like getting, so, like actually pushing something out into the world mm -hmm. is really arduous and like, you know, like nothing's ever perfect. I think letting go a little bit of control in certain circumstances, yeah. knowing that like I am bringing as much as I can to the table and whether or not somebody is going to like take my advice, accept the changes that I've made, do all these things, whether it's like a real push and pull, I think like it's, it's just not always easy, but once it's like out there, you're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Okay. 
And even just finishing it itself, I mean, that always feels incredible too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know, I haven't, I've been working by myself for so long. I don't work with teams of people, Mm. um, or I haven't for the last four years. Um, I don't know how it works for other art directors. Like I'm sure some people are a lot more hardline where they're like, I'm not going to do this. But to me, when it's client work, it, it, there is a push and pull. They are coming to you for your expertise or they are coming to you because they saw something that you've made that's out in the world. And they're like, oh, I want something like that for myself. So they've already, they're coming to you for something. Um, so to me, that that means like, I'm recognizing that there is gonna be somebody else's voice in whatever I'm creating. And that's not always easy. Yeah, <laughs> like a bit of surrender that you know you're yeah. just gonna have to. But again, I feel like that's good. Like some people, that's not that's not how they work, and that's cool. And I love watching them push out like really rad, incredible projects out in the world. Um, but like I'm, I think I'm a little bit more like response. I don't think I don't know if responsive is the right word, but I like to think that I'm a little bit more like responsive. Like I'm gonna say yes to things sometimes. Um, when I recognize that saying yes is to like advance the project in like a strong, on a strong foot. Yeah. So not always, sometimes putting your personal, like, yeah, I would love to take the reins on everything. Yeah. I would love to be like, this is my rate. Give me this thing. I'll come back to you at this date when it's done. And then you can have it back. Yeah. And I'm going to do exactly what I want. And yeah. you have to take it. Goodbye. You said you want X, Y, and Z. What that actually means is this whole other thing, this whole other project. Uh, like, I'll be right back. Let me do this. It's going to be great. Like, that's not how it works most of the time. If that's how it works for you all the time as a creative, that's amazing. Yeah. Keep those lights on. imagine like these big corporations just like a bunch of people running around <laughs> slamming papers on desks it's like who would want to work in that i don't think that's where i'm going <laughs> <laughs> anytime i think of just someone going to just goes straight that's just I, see. I just see like wolf of wall street just like yeah. <laughs> no salt just no. on the phone screaming definitely not two things you were talking about being a generalist i related to that a whole bunch yeah um and i wanted you to talk a little bit more about that because um as someone who i don't know growing up doing a lot of things was frowned upon it was like well where you know where i was from and i also think we're just in an era now where like 
you know, uh, being polymathic or like multi-talented, anything multi is very yeah. interesting to the corporate eye and also to the world too, in a, in a fascinating way. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it speaks to us as people and like the way in which our brains have been wired uh, or suppressed or repressed uh -huh. and uh, the urgency and really discovering more part, like our wholeness as individuals. Yeah. It may sound really deep, but I also, that's just the, the, where I think it comes from. Yeah. Um, and when you mentioned journalists, I connect to that because that doesn't mean that you're a uh, jack of all trades, master of none. But I do feel like um, there's specificity within the general work that you like doing, yeah. you know, or the work that you like and the works that you do, you know, yeah. like you just. Yeah. Yeah. It all aligns like there's an ecosystem. I think for a while, like a lot of the things I did may have felt scattered, but I just didn't allow myself time to like let them manifest. And now it's like, I don't necessarily do a lot of stuff. They all really work in one ecosystem, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, like, growth and scale and, you know, evolution. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, 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 if you had anything to share on it, I would love to. Yeah, hear. I mean, I think maybe, like, going back to when I was 14 and I started working and I had three jobs. Yeah. Like, there's something about, like, this necessity to... in my life's trajectory to be able to do multiple things in order to get paid yeah. or in order i think for me it's like this balance between um making ends meet and then also knowing that i can do these things like i look at something and i want to know how it works i want to know what the parts are yep and as soon as i know how something works i don't have i have confidence in my hands that i can do that yeah so and and also like to that extent i want to be able to for a project i want to be able to do something if somebody's not available if somebody can't be there if it's not in the budget to hire somebody else like i like the idea that like yes i can do that yeah for I'm sure. not walking around saying, like, I'm a photographer. For sure. I'm a typographer. Yeah. Like, I do these things. That's just, yeah. that's not, like, I know typographers, I know photographers, and I respect what they do. They're really good at what they do. And it's fucking tight mm -hmm. that that's what they get, to, that yeah. that's, that that's what they do. Absolutely. And I can pull it together when I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kind of like what being a generalist means. Yeah. Um, like something falls off the table. I'm going to be the one to pick it up and put it back on the table. Mm -hmm. Somebody Ooh. doesn't know how to like lock up at the end of the night. I probably know how to lock up at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, like, I probably have a set of skills. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's and beautiful. like to that extent, like also like doing all these, having all these different jobs, like saying yes, to, saying just like yes and yes and yes to like all these things that people would present to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that I've, I learned at a, I learned pretty early on in my twenties how to like pivot my skills. So when I, when I moved to New York and I took a job working at a kid's clothing store, cause I was like, cool, my friend works at the store. They need somebody else to pick up some hours. I don't know anybody in New York. I'm just going to take this job for like the rest of the summer. Yeah. Ended up working there for like almost three years. Yeah. Um, I became a manager there fairly quickly. And I was like, what is this person doing and trusting me with like their business for sure. as a manager when I've never worked retail before? Yep. And then I was like, oh, I have all these like teaching is basically being a manager. You're managing like the flow of the classroom, you're managing the time, you're managing the interactions that people are having. I can like kind of pivot these like teaching skills into managerial skills. Yeah, and absolutely. Then transitioning into like creative work, I can take my eye for retail, for space, for selling things, and I can kind of like pair that with the design work, the branding work, mm -hmm. the illustration work that I'm doing. It all, yeah, it, it all interlocks. Like, yeah. So it's just kind of, I hate the word pivot, but. No, it's a good one. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Wow, Ariel, incredible. <laughs> She's a director. And a generalist. Yes. <laughs> Generally, an art director. <laughs> 
Honestly, I love the generalist theory. I think that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I like to, I like to look at stuff. I like to make things. Sometimes when you're working with people, they can't do everything. You got to figure out how to do the rest. Yeah. And I like the idea of doing something that you're interested in, but also acknowledging that this is not your profession. This is something that you just know how to get done if you need to get it done. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a sloppy way because I definitely put myself. Oh, for sure. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're you're a pro. But I'm definitely not walking around here like, yeah, being like cameras. I know them. Yeah. Like, like, you know, walk into my bedroom, room full of cameras, lenses everywhere. I'm a photographer. It's like, it's not like that, but you know how to work a camera if if you need to, for sure. Yeah. And I want to be able to like communicate effectively with designers. I want to be able to communicate effectively with photographers, with creative directors, with clients and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about like, uh, being something like a generalist, it just seems like you're just, you just really understand these things. Uh, to a very strong level to where it's like, okay, well, yeah, give me, give me that camera. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just, <laughs> and I yeah. love that. I know sometimes I kind of like wonder what it, like having gone to art school, what it would have been like if I didn't have to work in school and I could have just focused on what I was, what I thought I was there to study mm-hmm. and like just give a hundred percent to school. You know, because there's, I feel like that's, there's a lot of ways that people kind of come out of experiences when they're, when they have the ability, and maybe my brain is too squirrely. Yeah. That could be a thing. But like when they have the ability to just design. Quick happy birthday to Serial and such. It's been two years. Um, big shout out to Theo for, you know, creating this platform and allowing me to be a part of it. It's been a fun ride and we're going to have even more fun. Uh, we got a lot more show coming, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool people we're talking to and a whole lot more music to put you on to, including something we made ourselves. Um, but thank you to Ariel for coming to hang with us and talk with us. Uh, this has been... Another episode of the Serial and Such podcast, Serial Sounds Radio. My name is Free. Take this information and go out there and be somebody. <laughs> Serial Sounds. Live my life from different places like the space to dead. Folks on planet Earth back by gloves, the hardest thing to get to. Spirit must reside in my flesh because the sunlight here. People of a strong nation, we must strive to manifest truth. I listen to the birds sweetly sing out that the time is now. Calling on the strength of the palm tree.